Hey, SoundCloud listeners, this is Ed Van Ness. And I'm John Shannon. You found an encore presentation of the Taxi Stand Hour. You can catch us live every Saturday at 10 a.m. by going to RadioTFI.com. Enjoy the show. Adios. See ya. You found the Taxi Stand Hour. Over. On Radio TFI. Join the conversation. You can reach the guys at 754-800-CHAT. 754-800-2428. On Twitter, at Taxi Standard. From a pay phone, call collect. So most people have a fear of acquiring the virus. I think a good way of doing it is to imagine that you do have the virus, yeah? And change your behavior so that you're not transmitting it. Don't think about changing your behavior so you won't get it. Think about changing your behavior so you don't give it to somebody else. Why, thank you very much there. It's Saturday, August uh, 8th of 2020. And you are listening to the Taxi Stand Hour, the mothership Edition. Oh, that, that just kind of stunned me here. All I, I just wasn't expecting that. That rousing introduction there from the uh, from the chief cook and bottle washer of uh, Radio PFI. So, with that, from the Northern Command Studio in Egan, Minnesota, I'm John Shannon. God, come on, wake up, wake up, come on, get to it. And my friend over there to the uh, to the uh, left of me on my per- on my uh, periscope uh, screen the scope from the uh, radio TFI executive tower in Queens, New York. It is Mr. Ed Van Ness. Good morning, sir. Oh, good morning, kids and kittens. As always, we thank you for joining us here. You've completed the week. You're starting your weekend. You're, you're sitting in your jammies, you're having your, your favorite cup of morning brew, whatever beverage that may be. We appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to tune in here, uh, both audio and video, and listening to John Shannon. Uh, still trying to figure out what to say, even though he said it 250 times now. I got to keep it fresh. I got to keep trying to, you know, just a little here. That's why I don't write it down on a script. I could have written it on a script a thousand times from now, but by now. But I just, you know, hey, I try to just kind of fly by the seat of my pants. I love doing that. Hey, what happened to my my intro of being the, 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 the most rested man in talk radio today? I, uh, I Well, because that. you're not acting like the most rested man in talk radio. How's that? The most well-rested man. Well, well, whatever. You know, act like you, you know what when we get started in this thing. That is not the sign of a man is well rested. It doesn't matter. I'm still in training anyway. <laughs> training, good lord. Well, well, that's like mor- saying you need your training wheels on your bicycle. <laughs> Who's to say I don't? You haven't. Well, seen the- there is that. Obviously, that's a, that's a whole other topic for the second hour. Hmm. <laughs> We do seem to have quite a bit, uh, quite a bit to cover here. 
including, believe it or not, we might actually have some industry news here somewhere we, in our... We might, but just so before we get too far off track, mm-hmm. we need we need to do our stock report. Well, then let's do our stock report. Uber closed this week at thirty-two ninety, up $2.64, while, while Lyft closed at thirty nineteen, up $0.96. Cents. Ladies and gentlemen, that's your Radio TFI stock report. By the way, oh, here was, I thought that I thought that sounded like a roller coaster planking up, uh, <laughs> uh, and I was waiting for the. <laughs> what you what you actually heard there was the actual opening bell for the New York Stock Exchange, and then a <laughs> stock ticker. We uh, uh, we may have played that oh. a, little, a little too loud, but uh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. I you know thinking. what? It's a the stock ticker, the old fashioned thing with the glass on it and the little strip of paper coming out. Uh-huh. That's a very visual thing that everybody kind of gets right off the bat. Just doing the sound for it has been really, really hard. It just. Uh... But anyway, there you have it. Uh, so so we got that out of the way, uh, Mr. Shannon. Well, uh, we we kind of ended up here on our Thursday. Uh, show with a, with a sto- with a story that I thought was uh, somewhat interesting here and that was the fact that the uh, the gentleman who uh, um, was kind of behind the brains if you can say it the brains behind the uh, Anthony Lewandowski the, uh, yeah, yeah well thank you thank you for bailing me out of that the former uber self-driving car exec Sentenced to eighteen <clears throat> months in prison. Uh, the <clears throat> excuse me. The judge in the case said, "Quote: This is the biggest trade secret I have ever seen. This was not small. This was massive in scale." Now, just just as a backdrop, uh, Mr. Lewandowski was the young man who went from Google to Uber. And uh, oops, did I'm sorry. Did I did I happen to accidentally bring some proprietary uh, paperwork with me, like tens of thousands of pages of it? I'm sorry. And then he started a self-driving driving truck company called Auto, which coincidentally Uber purchased. Uh, yeah, we got some of the facts on the case. By the way, you can uh, you can find this full story on uh, RadioTFI.com in the link section. It's right on the front page there. Uh, a lot of the stories we're going to talk about today are, are right there. So uh, let's see. Well, he's getting 18 months in prison. He's not going... Uh, anyway, let me get back to the backstory. I'm sorry. Uh, Anthony Lewandowski was one of the leading tech guys as far as creating the software, etc., and hardware involved in, in autonomous vehicles. And he worked for Google. Uh, Waymo, actually. Waymo was... Uh, they, it's not really a Google su- subsidiary, but it's, it's part of the Google family. It's... Um, Anyway, Lewandowski up and left one day, and oops, did I accidentally bring that stuff with me, uh, went to Uber, Uber put it into, started using all that stuff, and, and of course, Uber just clutched their pearls when they found out, oh, we had no idea. <laughs> oh, my word, my word, did that scoundrel bring over some stolen material to our house? Oh, <laughs> I have a case of the vapors coming on. 
Well, why would why would Uber really even bring him on if they didn't at least have an idea that they had some that he had some something there in his little briefcase that he could offer Uber? Well, remember yeah. he, he had also started the uh, autonomous truck driving company Auto. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which Uber actually purchased for however many hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the whole thing was fishy right from the get-go. We talked about it back then. Uh, it was a big case. It was uh, it was basically Uber versus Google, Waymo. And uh, they, they actually wound up settling in that case. We were watching it very closely at the time because this would have been the one to knock the legs right out of uber this was going to be the death blow and then they they settled uh some settlement and uh i'm i'm not familiar with what the settlement was i don't think it was made public so uh so that's that now now we i didn't even know he was still on trial to be quite honest uh by the way uh just so you know Lewandowski's as part of the sentencing he was fined ninety five thousand dollars in order to pay $756,499.22 in restitution to Google's self-driving car unit, Waymo. Uh, he's not going to be going to prison right away because of COVID. Uh, but federal prosecutors also dismissed the other 32 counts against Lewandowski as part of the plea deal. So, you know, look. So how much time does he have to get himself ready to... Uh, shine up his passport and uh, head out of town, or did he take his uh, passport away from him? Uh, I imagine they did. I don't see that here, but I, I imagine they did because he's yeah. obviously got the means to do it. Uh, but uh, let me see. By the way, his uh, his attorney said this, and I quote, and, and uh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kids and kittens, if you don't have a box of tissues nearby, please please uh, find, find a nearby shirt sleeve because you'll be crying your eyes out after this one. And I quote, again, this is Lewandowski's attorneys. Anthony deeply regrets his past decisions and, while we are saddened that he will have to spend time in prison, Anthony remains committed to his life's mission of building innovative technologies to improve people's lives. Mainly his Jeez. life. Oh, wait a minute. No, no, that last part wasn't in there, but... Boo-hoo. Look, he's a very smart guy. Okay? And he's a thief. Uber came to him and said, and I'm sorry, this is, I, I don't see any other way this happened. Unless he he shopped it to Uber. But either way, Uber said, come on in, boy. We got you. Greed. It's greed, baby. Oh. It's just and, greed. And, and here's the thing. Look, I understand you don't want to overpopulate the uh, the uh, prisons and what have you because of, of COVID. I, I get that. But if it had this been uh, some uh, young poor man, you you paint the you paint the num- by the numbers by what uh, what race uh, this person would be by or would be. Uh, he would uh, you know catch him selling a. Uh, a dime bag or a joint to somebody else, and that man would be in that man would be in the slam. Uh, forget eighteen months. You're 
you know, we're talking maybe five or six years for selling that joint. Well, this is white. And, co- this is white collar crime, and neither one of us are wearing a white collar today. Although, oh, you know it. At least did I you ha- forget your white collar? No, but I have a collar. Well, you you do, don't you? Damn, you are just a just sharp about, dressed man. Just about every what's that day. ZZ? What's that ZZ top song? Sharp. Every girl's crazy about a sharp, sharp dressed, dressed man. man. Sharp dressed man. Oh, by the way, damn. By the way, just to uh, put a pretty little bow on this, uh, Uber, in a statement, declined to comment. Of course. <laughs> of course. So what's this I see on my on my Twitter? Just but I did just fired up the Twitter and saw this uh, video here presented by uh, by Soul Cab. Well, actually, he's got two videos which I believe he made. Uh, in reference to Uber. Now, I, I listen to, I watch them and listen to them, and they, they're more visual presentations. So we've put them, again, on the website. If you go to RadioTFI.com, and it, it's there on the front page, uh, listed as, you know, by at SoulCab. And he's put these two videos together. I highly, if you're interested in the Uber situation at all, I highly recommend either you follow SoulCab on the Twitter, or at the very least, go look at these two videos on uh, on radiotfi.com uh and you have to understand soul cab is one of these people who has been in the trenches on this right from the beginning he's exactly been, he's been fighting a good fight out there in california literally right from the beginning and uh uh we we keep we keep crossing wires but we we're and one of these days we're gonna get him on the show uh and because uh, we'd love to talk to him and uh, we we've we keep making contact and we just can't seem to to work it out mainly because of the time difference. But yeah, but, that, I think that has a a lot to do with it. But by uh, but the, by all means, follow him. Follow him on the Twitter at Soulcab S O U L C A B. One of the things though that always kind of gets me when you see these because this industry, the, the, or I should say, the taxi industry, for the longest time. Uh, had the mentality that uh, so what if the so what if the Uber and Lyft drivers are sleeping in their cars? Good, good. We're happy for them. You made our lives a living hell. Um, so uh, we don't care if you're you know if, we, if you're sleeping in your car. And I gotta be honest, I gotta tell you personally that while I don't think uh, and I never will think that driving for Uber or Lyft is exactly a, uh, what I'd call a, a sage career move. Uh, you still got to feel for these individuals because they bought the, uh, they bought the whole deal as far as, you know, how great it would be to, you know, use your own car, you know, put, you know, put, thousands and thousands of miles on your own car uh you'll get to meet people you'll get to uh share a virus with people oh wait a minute did i say that uh you'll get to no you'll get to make just a, a boatload of money and it'll be such a great thing and then meanwhile uh meanwhile uh all the people behind uber and lyft whether it be uh, Dara the K, whether it be, I don't even know the guy's name at Lyft. Uh, and and then of course there was always uh, 
God, what was that scumbag's name that started uh, Travis. Uber again? Trav Travis the key. That's right. You know, all those people are just living high off the hog, and uh, you are. Uh, let's see. Yeah, you're sleeping in the back seat of your Prius. Uh, because you bought in, you bought that Prius brand spanking new. I just, as a matter of fact, I just trained a guy on our from our company yesterday who uh, bought a brand na- brand new car, just specifically to drive it for Uber and Lyft. And after he discovered, you know, two years uh, two years into doing the business, he discovered now that he's got uh, one hundred and fifty thousand miles on his car. Already, that That's brand right. new car. He's That's thinking, right. oh, oh, wait a minute. And he still has four years of payments on it. And he still has a shit ton of, excuse me, a ton of payments. Uh, well, I like to uh, tell the story. Uh, there was a guy I knew that used to drive for me who, against all advice, not just my advice, but people that have been in the cab company for a long time, lots of people told him. He went out and he bought a brand new Prius essentially to do this actually he bought it first to, as a cab and then he went on to uber but even as a cab we told him you don't buy a brand new car no you 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 are going to have be <sighs> he didn't listen anyway uh as i told him at the time you will get to you know two years in you'll be looking to upgrade it they're going to laugh at you at car lots because here you are exactly the situation you just Described, John, you got a vehicle, a two-year-old vehicle with 150,000 miles on it. Uh, it'll be, a, you maybe get four years out of it, and the last two years you're making payments on it sitting in the, in the scrapyard. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, exactly. Oh, one thing I wanted to add on that. Yeah. I can, I kind of felt a little bit early on for the guys that got suckered into it. But at this point now, anybody that signs up for Uber now, I mean, what is, what, 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 do you not, there's an internet full of information out there about how people, people with experience in the industry are having a hard time. Forget COVID, forget, this is pre-COVID, because Uber and Lyft did exactly what we expected them all to do. They, uh, they started playing fast and loose with the driver's money, but. Anyway. You don't. You you have to understand, and the, and this will continue to go on. You know, Uber and Lyft's mentality is, oh well, so what? Yeah. You know, so what? We'll find a fresh crop of. Uh, That's right. Yeah, and you know these people, you know, there's right now they're watching TikTok videos for Christ's sake. That's so right. Who who really? You know, they're not paying any attention to what people. What us old people are saying about Uber and Lyft, they they just you know, and and on and on a daily basis, proving that PT Barnum was right, a sucker is born every minute. Yep, yeah, good boy, absolutely. All right, let's move on. I got I got a tweet, I got a tweet from uh, from the Queen of All Hacks. Oh yes, Christine Hubbard up there at Big Taxi in Toronto, Canada, eh? Uh, she earlier in the week, and this is really hard. Uh, she tweeted this with thousands of taxis parked since March. Not only does our greedy city, Toronto, not reduce the fees, they are now applying late payment charges for unpaid renewals. One year for a taxi 
or vehicle is $1,130 plus driver license fees. Uber Lyft, Uber Lyft vehicles aren't even licensed. So I thought say- I saw that, yeah. So, so they're saying to the cab drivers, once again, here, we've got our foot, we've got our knee on your neck, if you will. And we're just going to apply a little bit more pressure because we hate you like poison because you're not, you're not bribing us because I, I, I mean, we went through the same thing down in Broward County when I was there. And one of the things I kept saying is what, what your company basically did, John, I kept saying, well, civil disobedience, why are we still uh, paying every year to renew, renew permits that mean nothing? They mean nothing. Uh, you know, the very people that are supposed to protect our industry are the ones killing it. And here you have it. And here, here it is in black and white and football or full glorious color, if you will. And that's color. Look, I, I, I know, I know the Christine and the Beck family and that with not knowing them, but know that these folks are proud people. They would love to be able to just one day stick it up the city of Toronto's ass. Arse. Uh, Arse. Uh, or where, wherever they'd like to stick it. Uh, like to stick it up Uber's ass and whatnot. But unfortunately, this ship has kind of sailed already. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, whether it's here in the, in the United States or anywhere, uh, anywhere in North America or anywhere in the world. And for people, I, I'm afraid for people who are trying to maintain a, and somehow recreate the taxi industry, I think that... I, I hate to say it. We might have lost that round, folks, but I totally, you know, as, as mad as I am over other reasons about what uh, my company uh, did to I'm me. as mad as hell! Thank you. You're uh, no, but I think that they were fully right on this. They're still operating legally. They're, they're still operating. They are just now went instead of uh, being a taxi company, which is regulated by the uh, mm-hmm. by the local municipalities, instead they went to a uh, state regulated uh, entity. Basically, y'all right. now all you are is a transportation, not necessarily a transportation network company, but you are uh, a transportation company. Right. Put you in the same boat as in as limousines. Uh, livery cars and you know other transportation services and you're regulated and inspected by the state you still have regulations as a driver you still have to get a you still have to do a piss test you still have to do a uh, background check that includes fingerprinting which is actually more than both those cities of minneapolis and st paul did to begin with so actually you're more regulated than you are uh, it and this and then basically have told the uh, at this point in time have told the the city governments to to put it where the sun doesn't shine. Pound sand, we, I believe, is the phrase you're looking for. I didn't hear you. What was that? Pound sand, I believe, is the phrase you're looking. That, that's for. A, that's a good one. That's Thank a you. good one. Thank you. And I, I know that that the Christine and then the Beck family, Beck Taxi doesn't isn't sitting there with bated breath waiting for mine. Oh, no opinion or advice or whatnot, oh. but that is definitely the route I'd go. Now, I don't know. Maybe, obvi- you know, we're talking in a, you know, a whole different country here, let alone a, a state or you know, yeah. municipality. 
So maybe what the, maybe doing that isn't possible, or maybe the regulations are harder. There's um, a, there's always more to it than what's on oh, the surface. You're absolutely right. <clears throat> yeah, but I would surely, surely, uh, and don't call me surely. Uh, you were thinking it. I was. You thinking. were thinking. Was yeah, thinking. I just beat you to the punch. Yeah, that's was, all. Of course, I was thinking it. Of course. Hey, we uh, got we got a couple more industry stories. I just want to touch on very quickly. We have a lot of other stuff too that uh, we want to get to. Now, uh, this next story, we're not going to go very deep into it. Again, there's a lot there, so we've linked this on the website. Again, it's on the front front page of RadioTFI.com. It's from The Verge, uh, and it's talking about how Uber is continuing to bleed cash during the pandemic. Uh, they lost $1.8 billion over the last three months. Uh, their delivery business seems to be doing okay. It grew. But then again, you know, uh, that's about the only bright spot for them. And again, this story gets very, very deep into details which are fascinating and i highly recommend uh, if you're interested in this portion of our program by all means you click on over you'll find the story uh right there on the front page of radiotfi.com there's another story that i want to touch base on and this is this really really this is out in california where they're uh they've been going to court with uber over this ab5 and this is essentially uh, Uber and Lyft claim that um, everybody's an independent contractor. State of California says, oh, no, they're not. We've already determined that they're, uh, that they are employees. So all of that, again, it gets deep, deep into it. And I believe I found that from SoulCap. And again, there's a lot to get into there. It's a good read. These are both good reads. Um, and I highly recommend you take the time. There's also another story we linked to over there uh, from the London Evening Standard uh, about how Uber lost the court challenge over uh, the London congestion charge. I'm sorry, the union uh, of, of independent drivers, basically Uber, Uber drivers, lost the challenge over London uh, congestion charge. Uh, because they have not been paying this. Black cab drivers have been paying a fee to go into central London during you know the busy times of day when the, when it's most most crowded. And uh, of course, Uber doesn't see themselves as having to abide by any rules, any laws. I don't even still understand. Uh, I am I am still trying to figure out how Uber is still operating in London. Right. I, I still don't understand this. Even even baby Oliver doesn't understand it. Yeah, he's kind of picked. He's kind of pissed off about it. Boy, oh boy! <laughs> so, so again, we we've got four stories on the website. Uh, getting more into including the the Lewandowski story that we got in, into a little detail with there, uh, and I, I highly recommend if you're interested in these topics at all. To check out those stories, uh, I don't want to sit here and read stories to you guys. I mean, we we'll, we discuss the topics. And by the way, if you want to discuss any of this or anything that we're about to talk about, boy, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, John, what's that phone number? 
John's muted himself. So we'll, uh, I'll tell you the phone number, 754. Sorry about that. Chat. I got you. Hold on. I was actually, I muted myself purposely because just to try to relieve us of, uh, of baby Oliver back there who was having a little bit of a rampage himself. Go ahead. But it is 754-800-CHAT, 754-800-2428. Taxi Stand Hour, excuse me, at Taxi Stand Hour on the Twitter. Come and join us on the world's largest virtual Taxi stand. Is that where we are? We are exactly. Is that where we are? I'm uh, I'm confused now. So anyway, what do you uh -oh. say? What uh -oh. else is new? Uh oh, I'm trying to get ahead of myself here, and I'm, I'm uh, all right. So anyway, it was a big week out there in the world. Uh, we are going to delve into the Axios interview that Captain Coppertone had with Jonathan Swan, uh, in which Mr. Swan did something very few reporters have done, actually asked follow-up questions. But, but before we get into that, there's there's at least one piece of audio I want to play, and, I, and we need to clarify something here. Uh, as you know, our El Presidente has... Well, first off, he's got a lot of nerve talking about Joe Biden and his slip-ups. But he was doing some sort of half-assed presentation the other day. And, uh, well, I just want to clear up what he was talking about. We want every American child to have access to pristine outdoor spaces. When young Americans experience the breathtaking beauty of the Grand Canyon, when their eyes widen in amazement as old faithful bursts into the sky, when they gaze upon Yosemites, Yosemites, towering sequoias. Now, as we all know, it's pronounced Yosemite. And when you talk about Yosemite, there's only one person you're talking about. Any one of you lily-livered, bow-legged varmints care to slap leather with me? In case any of you get any ideas, you better know who you're dealing with. I'm the hootinest, tootinest, shootinest, bobtail wildcat in the West. I'm the fastest gun north, south, east, and west. Of the Pecos. <laughs> Yosemite Sam. Get it right there, Bumble Butt. My goodness. <laughs> Since that thing happened, that's all I could think of was Yosemite Sam. Well, I'm it goes to it goes to show you for one thing that he obviously was reading either from a teleprompter. Or oh, he was. From, he was. Yeah. And does, does the man have no? I would much rather he trip and trump and tumble, kind of like I'm doing right now. Over over a few words and actually say it from the heart instead of having us uh, when you're talking about uh, things as beautiful as um, Yosemite and uh, Yosemite. It's, <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. It's, it's interesting uh, because somebody made the point. If you go, I, I cut it off. But the next, what he goes on to say in the next couple seconds is looking at the beautiful sequoias. Now. Somebody made this point. I won't take credit for it, but you pretty much can bet they thought Sequoia was going to be the word he was going to have a problem with, because everybody's familiar with Yosemite. You've you again, think, yeah, exactly. Even if you've only watched the blasted cartoons, 
you know, Yosemite Sam. Yo, yo, Semites. Well, yo, yeah. yo, yo. But, buddy, well, we're the over here. Is, we're I think he probably wanted to be a little careful because he probably figured that uh, if uh, these kids went to Yosemite, that they might also find Porky Pig and uh, yeah, well, and Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny too. So, all right, are we ready to rock and roll here? Because we got a bunch of stuff, and we're going to go through a lot of this, and uh, we'll talk about it. Are, are you ready? Oh, no, I'd rather sit and delay you some more here. Right, fine by me. I got two. I got an hour and a half. <laughs> no, carry uh, on, Montesquieu. All right. Well, before we go, before we get started, let, let's hit off on some of our tweets of the week. We got four of them here. And uh, let's start from Noel Kastler. Okay. And again, at Kastler Noel, if you don't follow this guy, you should. Uh, He said, and I quote, I don't want Biden to hurt God, but given 2020 so far, I wouldn't mind seeing him roughed up a bit. Uh, From the office of the state treasurer uh, in Pennsylvania at PA Treasurer. Uh, Take a listen to this. Remdesivir manufacturer Gilead just set the price for the COVID-19 treatment between $2,300 and $3,100 per patient. ISA review estimates the treatment costs approximately $1 per vital to produce. I think he meant vial. $1. So there's your, uh, there's your health care. We're all going to die. Uh, oh, let's give him a little. Brian Tyler Cohen. At Brian Tyler Cohen. This is on the post office. The post office is secure enough for millions of Americans to send taxes to the IRS every year, secure enough for the government to mail out $1,200 stimulus checks, secure enough to send credit cards and passports and driver's license, but not secure enough for ballots. Got it. Hmm? They, uh, you know, as far as the post office goes, Trump's got his lackey in there now as postmaster general. He's cut all overtime. Uh, he's, he's telling people uh you know just just leave stuff where it is if you don't have time to finish it oh well they want a backup they're trying to create a backlog so that so that uh the mail-in ballots which by the way are the same thing as absentee ballots although somebody made a good point why don't we just okay no mail-in ballots we'll only do absentee ballots that ought to to shut them up and finally finally there was a video that went with this but uh we just went with the tweet instead jamie harrison at Harrison Jamie, he is a U.S. Senate candidate in the in the lovely state of South Carolina, where uh, Miss Lindsay now rules. And he says, and I quote, Lindsey Graham refuses to extend COVID unemployment assistance or fight for working families. Also, Lindsey Graham spends nearly a million dollars on private planes and golf, gives himself three pay raises. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's your tweets for this week, kids well, and kittens. Well, now because we got... The tweets. I do. I do have a couple things I, I want to say about these uh, these uh, tweets here. Okay. Uh, you're talking about the post office and talking about the um, about the mail-in ballots. They got the uh, city of Minneapolis actually had a pretty good idea here. Now I don't think I don't know how it could be done in a grand scale, but uh, they were they went out and said, okay, if, and this is just for a primary election, granted. But they went out and said, um, well, okay, if you're afraid of your your ballot uh, 
it might not work in the mail for uh, whatever reason. We're going to set up drop-off locations. Oh, sure. They already have that in Colorado and all the states that do mail-in. They do? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a hell of an idea. Sure, you put them at firehouses and all that kind of thing. Police stations. Hell, hell of an idea. And, and you don't necessarily have to be drive-up. You can ride up. You can walk up if you'd like. You can put them right but, next to mailboxes. Really? Well, I'm just saying, you can put them right next to a mailbox. Oh, yeah, this is true. I, I mean, it is the simplest thing in the world. Mail-in ballots are, are not the problem that Knuckle Nuts believes them to be. Uh, well, you remember the crush, the the crunch, rather, on uh, April 15th, how they, at least they did that here, is they put people next to post office make, collecting tax re, uh, returns. Right. So they didn't, have, they, so they were postmarked uh, in time, you know, right on time. And the people would know that. Uh, There's also a push on right now. Uh, they're doing it in Atlanta. They had primaries, Georgia primaries uh, earlier this week. They use the, uh, the arena. It's brand new. I, that the name escapes me in Atlanta where the Hawks play, which hasn't been used all year. Apparently they set up a hundred voting machines in there. And for November, they are anticipating doing 300, maybe more. This gives people a nice, big, safe space to come where everybody fits and there's social distancing and all that. And a lot of other places are considering that as well. You have people like uh, LeBron James, et cetera, et cetera, uh, behind this and pushing this idea, which is a fantastic idea. Look, we're not going to have hockey and basketball this year. Let's get some use out of these arenas. Now people Absolutely. know where to go. And, and they're... They feel safe. They're in out of the weather, regardless. Even if you got to wait two hours, you're going to be indoors. Uh, I think it's a fabulous idea, uh, you know. And we're thinking outside the box here, and this is what has to happen because let's not make any mistake about it. Trump's going to do everything he can to try to to try to steal this election, uh, unless no it's a, unless it's a landslide. He'll be screaming about uh, it's look. Remember, he won and was screaming it was rigged. Hmm. So. How can not every living, breathing soul in this country and in Russia vote you know, for me? How could they not vote for me? How could three million people who don't exist vote for Hillary? Yeah, exactly. Let's see. Speaking of, uh, well, we mentioned in one of the other tweets uh, about uh, Biden hurting God. Here's the actual quote from. Uh, no religion, no anything. Hurt the Bible, hurt God. He's against God. He's against guns. He's against energy. How is Joe Biden going to hurt the Bible? By the I way, don't know. by the way, a devout Catholic, you know, to each their own. It's not my thing, but, you know, to each his own. Uh, how's he going to hurt God? I like like Noel Kessler said, yeah, maybe God needs to be roughed up a little bit. Maybe. Maybe this is the year. But I mean, how? How? How stupid is that? I mean, just how stupid is that? <sighs> well, as far as I, uh, as far as I know, I think God's record is like three hundred and forty-two trillion to zero. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So I think you got. I don't think the idea of hurting God is going to. Eh, don't think it's going to happen. No, no. Let's uh, let's see. Oh yeah, here's another. I think from the same same day. And it was even. A better job than I told you. I'm one politician that says, I'm going to do this, and then we do better. We produced more than I promised. And by the way, the wall is being built. It's going to be finished very soon. 
I don't think there's one word of truth in that uh, 14 seconds. Play it, do me a favor, play it over again. And I just was one of the. It was even just, a better I, job than I told you. I'm one politician that says, I'm going to do this and then we do better. We produced more than I promised. And by the way, the wall is being built. It's going to be finished very soon. Nope, than, nope, nope, nope. No, nope. I, I gave it a second listen, but and, nope, and all, all bullshit. Other than lies, what else has he produced more of? I mean. <laughs> Remember, he said he wouldn't lie either, you know. And there's, yeah, there's. Uh, let's let's not certified out. fertilizer salesman. Here, here's an interesting. Uh, you've got Mitch McConnell. They have him talking against an old speech of Ronald Reagan, and it's very, very interesting. It's regarding Social Security. And I don't know when this, when the Mitch McConnell piece was from, obviously recently. But just take a listen and imagine, remember, this is Reagan from back in the, when he was president. What's going on with the debt? It's very disturbing and it's, it's driven by the three big entitlement programs that are very popular, Medicare, Social Security, and Medicaid. Social Security has nothing to do with the deficit. Social Security is totally funded by the payroll tax levied on employer and employee. That's 70% of what we spend every year. The subject we were just discussing, the funding of the government, is about 30% of what we spend. If you reduce the outgo of Social Security, that money would not go into the general fund to reduce a deficit. It would go into the Social Security Trust Fund. So Social Security has nothing to do with balancing a budget or erasing or lowering the deficit. And they've been stealing from that for. So we pay Social Security every week out of your. By the way, they've long since abused the Social Security system. It was for my retirement period. It wasn't because you can't work anymore. That that bugs me that they they're constantly into the Social Security funds for other things. Uh, that that should be a mountain of gold sitting there just waiting for people to collect it. I'd be fine with them working off the interest of it, but uh, but anyway, there's just another example of of how Mitch and his gang are uh, stealing from you. Uh, let's uh, let's move on. Let's I got I got two pieces here. One we're gonna we're gonna have uh, the the Trumpster talk about healthcare, and then then we're gonna listen to. Well, first we're gonna listen to Dr. Fauci talking about Europe. If you look at what happened in Europe when they shut down or locked down or went to shelter in place, however you want to describe it, they really did it to the tune of about 95 plus percent of the country did that. When you actually look at what we did, even though we shut down, even though it created a great deal of difficulty, we really functionally shut down only about 50 percent in the sense of the totality of the country. Which means when we reached our peak, as they did, they came down almost to a low baseline, as you've shown very clearly. But take a look at what happened to our baseline. We came up, down, and then we plateaued at about 20,000 cases a day. So we started off with a very difficult baseline of transmission that was going on at the time that we try to open up the country. In other words, we had this. We just about had this in our grasp, but people needed haircuts, didn't they? 
they needed to go to the bar, didn't they? Uh, I think I've lost Mr. Shannon here. He's he's deep into his phone. <laughs> so anyway, no, no, you haven't you haven't lost me, but uh, it was just uh, I, when they were talking about shutting shutting down, I reminded by a story that I just uh, I just saw that I I don't know that I'm a I, I don't know that I'm a big fan of this uh, to be honest with you and I are probably going to disagree on this so I'm ready for that hmm. so when we were talking about shutting down um, Governor Whitmer in uh, Michigan in in Michigan there's a news in here for a story in here from the daily daily caller that said that she decided to uh, she decided to shut down uh, guns uh, gun manufacturing in Michigan um, because it wasn't a uh, it wasn't an essential service now. You're never going to confuse me for being uh, of being a, a gun fanatic by any stretch of the imagination, but we the idea of doing these shutdowns for uh, for COVID wasn't meant to be political. wasn't meant to be you know you take this side you know whatever. This was to protect people and for you to actually target. A particular industry because you don't like them. I don't like the gun industry, but you targeted a specific industry, called them non-essential. But you could have done that. You could have done that with uh, with a thousand different industries in your state, and. I just I'm I'm just a little confused by this. This is something that you know, and I've listen. I call bullshit where I where I see it, and to me, unfortunately, you are you are trying maybe to, as this story says in here, that she's auditioning for the VP job, and I just think that I think even even people on the left can kind of uh, see through that when you put people out of work whether you whether or not you like the line of work that they are in you put people out of work specifically to make a political point uh, uh, point and I, I'm sorry I, I don't agree with it and uh, I guess that's all I got for that well let me say this one I've never seen you more serious on a topic how do I know that because those of you on the scope can see that John has practically climbed through the camera. He never, You're right? He never sits up. Here, let me get back to my usual spot. <laughs> Thank you. I was a little nervous there. John is usually very eased back in his chair, does everything from that same spot. Uh, this time he crawled right up as if he was going to reach through and grab me by my pretty little neck. But you're right. <laughs> You're, you're right. We're not going to agree on this because when it comes to uh, essential businesses, gun manufacturing is not an essential business. Now, we're talking about in, in the lockdown that should have happened nationwide. We'd be done with this by now. Okay? 
Do we need to produce more guns? No, it can wait. What can wait? My industry can wait. Although, by the way, there's signs that's opening up again. Uh, day, day 146 for your boy. Um, that's what that's about. You're looking at it differently. I'm not familiar with the story, so I'm not going to comment on it. But good for you, John. Well, here's the, here's the thing is, is that if you're going to talk about unessential uh, businesses, um, well, bars and restaurants. Of course. Uh, hair salons. Absolutely. Who gives a damn? I mean, I haven't. Uh, That's been my running. I haven't had a haircut. Uh, haven't I haven't had a haircut since the since they've been open. Now you haven't now, had a haircut. Since, I don't necessarily since, needed a haircut. Either, you but, haven't had you haven't had a haircut since the seventies. Let's face it. Well, there, there you, you haven't go. needed a haircut. Um, <laughs> and also, do I say yeah? We probably got far and away enough. I think we've got more than enough weaponry stockpiled here in this uh, in this country i don't think getting a gun will be a will be a problem i think you're missing but, the point you're missing the point john the point is if we're gonna lock down and try to which we failed miserably although here in new york we succeeded fantastically uh but they're gonna open schools in uh new york i understand cautiously optimistic yeah well cuomo gave them permission to do it but, of course, it's going to be up to the schools and all that. But uh, if we were serious about this, this was the reason for the lockdown. Everybody needed to just stay put. Essential businesses, yes. We needed things to be manufactured, food, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Weapons we did not need, period, during a national lockdown. Again, I, I don't want to debate this. I really don't well, because... I'll, I'll, I'll let it go after this, I promise. All right. I'm saying is is that I think that it was completely politically motivated on a couple different levels. And I think, like I said, I even think that the, your, most, uh, uh, your most stringent, or that's not the word I'm looking for, your most serious uh, people against uh, guns in this country can even see through the fact that this is done uh, strictly for for political reasons all the way across. And well, I think we have a situation here where you and I agree to disagree, and we can revisit this again. And I would like to, but we put, got a put lot it of, on your chalkboard for Monday. Put it on your chalkboard for Monday, because I'm <laughs> I'm gonna destroy you, son. Anyway, I want to get a couple oh, more of these. Yeah, in. okay. We got a couple more of these in before we. Uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna get deep into the Axios interview. In hour two, we're going to start off with that because there's okay. a lot to unpack there, and I really, really don't want to not talk about it. And uh, by the way, here's your labor secretary, Eugene Scalia. For those, all of those who uh, are wondering why uh, we don't have the unemployment thing settled yet, and by the way, I don't know if they're going on break or not. I haven't heard anything. The Senate, uh, but anyway, here's from uh, last week. Uh, your labor secretary, on what he thinks about the $600 a week. Even the Democrats know that uh, $600 a week is just too much. It's um, more than you need in order to uh, cover the losses that so many people are experiencing uh, from unemployment. So that's your labor secretary saying $600 a week is too much. You can, you can do much. 
you can do just fine on less than that. I tell you what, uh, Secretary Scalia, I defy you to come out and live on $400 a week, you and your family. I dare you. I double dog dare you. By the way, that's your government. That's who's. Don't uh, you just love people who all who are making money that is you know obscene amounts yeah. of money doing their doing their job, doing the same job that I would do for about a fourth of what uh, they're getting paid. This is why Ed was uh, gonna. This is why Ed was gonna run. And don't, oh hey. They, they, they don't need to hell four hundred dollars you can live that's off four hundred dollars uh oh my god well my friend listen i couldn't there was a time back uh when i was dirt poor where i i could maybe live off and then you're talking back 40 years ago it um i i could maybe live off of you know three four hundred dollars a week uh, back then it's a little something, a little something, something called uh, inflation. Yeah, well, you know. While we have time, I want to play this. It's about a minute and a half from Senator Sher- Sherrod Brown, Sherrod Brown of Ohio, talking about the unemployment thing this past uh, Wednesday on the floor of the Senate. This, this is in. This connects directly to what Scalia said. I apologize for cutting you off there, John, but. It's, it's just, it's pretty unbelievable to hear people in this side of the aisle making $175,000 a year as U.S. Senators. Most of my colleagues are millionaires, and they complain that these unemployed workers are getting $600 a week. They complain that these workers are getting too much money as we earn $175,000 a year. You know, I'm not really sure how Mitch McConnell has spent his summer. I, what I do know is that in May, the House of Representatives passed the HEROES Act. It, took, it helped local governments. It helped people stay in their homes so they wouldn't be evicted. It helped our public school system. It, it provided $600 to unemployed workers. The House did that in May. Now, I don't know what Senator McConnell's done since, through May, through June, through July, now into August. Last week, Senator McConnell finally came up with a plan does nothing to extend the $600 a week. It does nothing to keep people in their homes and help pay the bills. The last thing we should want is a, is a tidal wave of evictions so that people go into home, crowded homeless shelters and, and, or sleep in their cousins' basements because they don't have a place to live. That bill does nothing to help state and local governments. Their plan has zero dollars for communities for Clark County, Ohio, or Clark County, Nevada. We know how hard their budgets have been hit. Ohio's governor has already announced $750 million in state budget cuts, including education and Medicaid. Countries and county counties and, criti- and cities and towns are facing similar impossible choices. We know with hundreds of thousands of Ohioans out of a job, if they don't get the $600 a week, it will mean more of them go into poverty, more of them have trouble feeding their families. Uh, more of them will go to homeless shelters. It will only get worse if we don't step in. I don't think it can be surmised much better than that. No, uh, absolutely. I, I mean, it's just, uh, and again, I'm not even talking about myself, you know, uh, but, but he nails that perfectly, perfectly. I was able, lucky enough to be able to stay working. So no, I didn't qualify for any, for any of that. You know, 
I, I think that what it is is that these people, once you once you reach a level in society, a certain level in society, then that's different depending on who you are. All of a sudden, you have this tendency to forget where you came from. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, maybe these people who, and that, that's why you know when when uh, you, you were talking about or talking with your uh, nephew the other day, you know, what about term limits? What about this is where something like term limits would come in handy because some of these people who've been in Congress for uh, for 10, 15, 20 years forgot all, forgotten what it's like sure. to go out there and live like the rest of us live. These people, these congressmen, to a man or woman, don't have to worry about that unless they've got a hell of a of a cocaine uh, issue. They don't have to worry about where their next meal is uh, is coming from. Well, they don't have good. to worry about if they're going to have to go to Goodwill to buy their damn kids' clothes if they're lucky enough to get it there. That's right. Well, and that's you're absolutely right. Uh, they forget what it's like. Their their salary is guaranteed. I mean, mm-hmm. who wouldn't want to be in a in a place where you can give yourself a raise. Oh, yeah. Have one of these congressional or Senate pay raise bills ever failed? I don't know. I'd like to know the answer. I don't to think that they question. have. Why would it? Why would it? John, we're giving you the ability to give yourself uh, a 50% raise. You going to turn down that ability? Obviously not. Okay, then, then why would, you know... Believe me, they're not that altruistic in uh, in Congress uh, between the House and the Senate. Uh, the fact that, again, I can get by without the six hundred a week right now. That's me personally. There's a lot of people that can't. Oh no, a lot of people that can't, and uh, you know anything right now. And this is what I think is is what's being is probably going to happen is that they're going to turn around and say, well, we'll give you 300 a week. It's better than nothing. And people will, you, you give a, a, a starving man a morsel of food. That's right. For him, it's better than nothing. While you're sitting there eating a nine course meal, he will take that half a, half of a slice of stale bread. Why? Because it's better than nothing. The only the only problem with that idea is is what's going to happen is like everything else like toilet paper, you're going to have a run on ramen noodles and they won't be able to find them anywhere. Well, you know that's uh, but again they don't care, they don't care. You you I I, I mean the past four years have just been, look, they're going to steal the silverware out of the White House when they go, they're going to take the drapes, the curtains, you name it. Whatever they can get their hands on, they're going to take. Yeah. Well, I, I think that means that we've ran, we've made it to halftime here. Yes, we have. So come on back and join us in hour number two of the Taxi Stand Hour. We'll still be here. See you then.
T-F-I. You found the taxi stand hour. The worst talk radio I've ever heard in my life. On Radio TFI. Join the conversation. You can reach the guys at 754-800-CHAT. 754-800-2428. On Twitter, at Taxi Standard. From a pay phone, call collect. So most people have a fear of acquiring the virus. I think a good way of doing it is to imagine that you do have the virus, yeah? And change your behavior so that you're not transmitting it. Don't think about changing your behavior so you won't get it. Think about changing your behavior so you don't give it to somebody else. Hello, everyone. This is your Action News reporter with all the news that is news across the nation on the scene at the supermarket. There seems to have been some disturbance here. Pardon me, sir. Did you see what happened? Yeah, I did. I was standing over by the tomatoes, and here he comes, running through the pole beans, through the fruits and vegetables, naked as a jaybird. And I hollered over to Ethel. I said, don't look, Ethel. And it's too late. She'd already been in seats. Boogie there, boogie there. They go. Boogie there, boogie there. And he ain't wearing no clothes. Oh, yes, they call him the street. Boogie there, boogie there. Fastest thing on two feet. Boogie there, boogie there. He's just as proud as he can be. His anatomy, he gonna give us a peek. Oh, yes, they call him the street. Boogie there, boogie there. He likes to show off his physique. If there's an audience to be found, you'll be streaking it round, inviting public critique. This is your Action News reporter once again, and we're here at the gas station. Pardon me, sir, did you see what happened? Yeah, I did. I was just in here getting my car checked, and he just appeared out of the traffic. Come streaking around the grease right there. Didn't have nothing on but a smile. I looked in there, and Ethel was getting her cold drink. I hollered, don't look, Ethel! It's too late. She'd already been mooned. Flashed her right there in front of the shop. So. He ain't boogie boogie Again, your action news reporter in the booth at the gym covering the disturbance at the basketball playoff. Pardon me, sir. Did you see what happened? Yeah, see. Hey, Tom, I was just going down there to get Ethel a snow cone. Here he come, right out of the cheap seats, dribbling, right down the middle of the court. Didn't have on nothing but his head. Made a hook shot and got out through the concession stand. I hollered up at Ethel. I said, don't look, Ethel! It was too late. She'd already got a free shot. Grand second. Right there in front of the home today. Well, yes, they call him the street. Here it comes again. Who's that with it? Echo. Is that you, Echo? What do you think you're doing? You get your clothes on.
Ethel. <laughs> How about that for timing? <laughs> uh, for those of you on the audio side, John literally just sat down as the song ended. Yeah, there you go. I was I was just going to ask. I was just going to say, uh, God, the volume on that's awfully low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, t- I told I told John you'd have four minutes at the break. He took almost uh-huh. five. So go ahead, John. Bring us. Come on. Do your I thing. did. I did not take five minutes. Do your thing. Come on. Do your thing. Ah, I'm done with my thing. Oh, oh. I hold on just a second. Well, I welcome back here, hour number two of the Taxi Stand Hour on Radio TFI. Once again, from the Northern Command Studio in Egan, Minnesota, I'm John Shannon. And over there in the Radio TFI executive suites, where he doesn't have to worry about uh, whether or not he's getting a $600 a week unemployment check. Oh, it don't, is. Don't say that. <laughs> I said it. Anyways, it's Mr. Ed Van Ness once again. Good morning, sir. Good morning, kids and kittens. If you were with us at the end of hour one, I said I can get by without the 600 for now. There's a lot of people that can't. John Shannon took an exorbitant amount of time during the break. Was, uh, was, was you around there streaking, sir? Is that what you were doing during the break? No, I was chunking ice out of the ice uh, cube tray, trying to get a, just a f- couple of morsels of ice for my uh, ice water jug here. But uh, by the I way, succeeded, but it took it took effort. By the way, if if you're not familiar, uh, that song was that was the streak by Ray Stevens, which was very 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 popular back in the mid seventies. Uh, somebody wrote a while ago. <laughs> Now Ray Steven Ray Stevens wrote Everything is Beautiful, but he'll be remembered for the streak. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everything is beautiful. It's a wonderful song. Everything is beautiful in its own way. Any one of you lily livered bow legged varmints care to slap leather with me? In case any of you get any ideas, you better know who you're dealing with. That's you Semite Sam. Yeah, and what was it? He couldn't, uh, he couldn't uh, spell, or he couldn't pronounce Florida uh, a week before that. It was yeah. He spelled Florida with a with a with a R F R. I think he was thinking about uh, Florida, Florida, or Kefefe, or uh, yeah, exactly. Any any number of things. So seven five four eight zero zero chat seven five four eight zero zero two four two eight. If you want to. Uh, join the fray here so i i was just wondering why uh uh there there the ed is going to reference this um uh media group called axius yes uh, no and they're out of they're out of the uk correct if i if, it's an interview they did with trump last week yeah yeah but they're they are out of the uk though yes. are they not yes okay that just dawned on me why they um why they call why they call that group uh, that media group Axios 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 what, why do they call it it's because they a- they asking you all them oh, tough questions oh, oh it never ends with you does it <laughs> he's been sitting on that one for an hour I'm sure <laughs> no it actually just dawned on me 
By the way, are you familiar with the interview that we're referring to now? Uh, vaguely. Vaguely? Vaguely? God, this was all over the place. Before we came on the air, I mentioned to John that I had a lot, uh, we, we had a, a good deal of audio from this Axio interview that aired uh, this past Sunday, August 2nd, on HBO. John had no clue what I was talking about. Kind of like QAnon. <laughs> you notice we haven't talked much about QAnon since, have we? No, because clearly, well, anyway. So, uh, I asked him to brush up on it uh, before we get to hour two here. And I'm guessing, because apparently you must be the only person on the planet who hasn't seen or heard these clips. Well, like, play them for me there, Montesquieu, and maybe, right. uh, maybe it'll jog a memory cell or two. All right. So, Jonathan Swan, very good interviewer. Uh, the, the one thing you'll take from, uh, we've got this chopped down into about nine little sections. This isn't the whole interview. This is just, uh, we cherry-pick some stuff. Uh, but he's done something very few reporters have done, which is, or interviewers for that matter. Chris Wallace did it a few weeks ago. He asked follow-up questions all you need is little things like what why how so now one of my favorites well they're all my favorites uh just listen to this will give you a flavor for how it's gonna go there are those that say you can test too much you do know that who says that oh just read who? the manuals read the books manuals read the what books manuals? Read the books. What books? What testing does? Who, no, no, sorry, shows, wait a minute. Said, let me let me explain. What testing does? It shows cases. It shows where there may be cases. What books? What manuals? You notice when when he when he wants clarification, Trump just continues on. There are no books. There are no manuals. Uh, and of course, the most uh, uh, tin-hearted response to COVID yet. I've covered you for a long time. I've, I've gone to your rallies. I've talked to your people. They love you. They listen to you. They listen to every word you say. They hang on your every word. They don't listen to me or the media or Fauci. They think we're fake news. They want to get their advice from you. And so when they hear you say everything's under control, don't worry about wearing masks, I mean, these are people, many of them are older people, well, what's Mr. Your President. Definition of control? Yeah. Under the it's giving them a false sense right of security. Now, I think it's under control. I'll tell you what. How? A thousand Americans are dying a day. They are dying. That's true. And you ha- it is what it is. But that doesn't mean we aren't doing everything we can. It is what it is. So Americans dying. It is what it is. So yeah. what? It is what it's only a thousand. And, uh, you know, it, it's only old people. Well, keep in mind there, old Trumpy boy, you're an old person too. So uh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, <clears throat> and here. Here's a bit of an oldie but goldie. It's got it's got uh, oldie overtones on it uh, because, of course, you know whose fault it is. This whole thing, don't you? Do tell. It's Obama's fault. When I oh, took over, we didn't even have a test. Now, in all well, fairness, why would you there have a was test? No test. The virus for didn't this exist. How would you have a test? I, was say. Okay. I mean, it's just that quick and easy. We didn't have a test. It didn't exist. But we didn't have a test. But it didn't exist. He desperately wants to blame this on the Obama administration. And well, I, 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 here's the thing. I hope that people are smarter than this when they listen to this stuff and they listen to what 
Trump is putting out there. I I, I hope. I, I, but the the only problem is, is sometimes. But then when I hear some of these other things come across, and I think maybe so much for that hope. Go ahead. What else you got there? Well, the, that's kind of one of the reasons I'm playing all these clips is is if we can get some of this out there, that would be. Oh, uh, let's talk about uh, deaths and the percentage, et cetera, et cetera. This is, well, if you had seen any clips of the interview, this is where Trump pulls out all the papers that he brought with him were basically just uh, lines of color on paper. They meant nothing. Death is going up now. Okay, no, it's no. a thousand a day. If you look at death... Yeah, it's going up look, again. Let's look. Daily death. Take a look at some of these charts. I'd okay? love to. We're going to look. Let's look. And if you look at death... Yeah. Per, started to go up again. One. Well, right here... The United States is lowest in numerous categories. Uh, we're lower than the world. Lower than we're the lower world? lower than what is that? Europe. In what? In what? Take a look. We're lower in numerous categories. Of what? Including I, uh, IQ of your, uh, your head of state. Hey, we're definitely lower there. You listen to him. We're lower than the world. What do you mean? We're, uh, you know, and that's what Mr. Swan says. What do you mean we're lower than the world? You, he's just, he's putting out a word salad there because he's not accustomed to people uh, questioning, questioning him on the things he says. Uh, and he conti- he continued on about the number of cases, which is. Right here. Here's case death. Oh, you're doing death as a proportion of cases. I'm talking about death as a proportion of population. That's where the U.S. is really bad. Well, well, Much worse than South Korea, Germany, etc. You can't. You can't do that. You have Why to go. Can't I do that? You have to go by. You have to go by where. Look, here is the United States. You have to go by the cases. The cases. Why are not death. as a proportion when of population? We have somebody. What it says is when you have somebody that yeah. has it, where there's a case, oh, okay. the people that live sure. from oh. those cases. It's surely a relevant statistic to say if the U.S. has X population and X percentage of death of that population no, versus South Korea. No, because you have to go by the cases. Well, look at South Korea, if, for example. 51 million population, 300 deaths. It's like, it's you, crazy. You don't know that. that. I do. It's you on the, don't know it's, that. Don't, you think they're faking their statistics? Uh, South Korea? I, an I won't get into country? that because I have a very good relationship yeah. with the country. But you don't know that. A Wait, thousand no. Americans are dying a day. But I understand. I understand on cases, it's different. No, but you're not reporting it correctly, Jonathan. I think I am, but... <laughs> I like that at the end. Oh, I think I am. He is scrambling there to... He is desperate to make his vapid conclusions valid. And you can hear the scrambling in his voice that he's not going to convince Jonathan Swan. This isn't one of his lackeys. And quite frankly, why he agreed to do this interview is beyond me. Yeah, at that time, I was just going to ask you that. Was well, that, not, the, I'd never heard of Jonathan Swan before. Well, you'll know him now. You'll know him oh, now. Oh, I'm sure I will. Uh, later that night, Trump was uh, called into Lou Dobbs. You know, he ran right back into the loving arms of Fox News, and the next morning was on uh, Fox and Friends. <laughs> Even they were. Ah, ah, here's 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 another oldie but goodie. What what did Vlad know? It's been widely reported that the U.S. has intelligence indicating that Russia paid bounties 
or offered to pay bounties to Taliban fighters to kill American right. soldiers. Mm -hmm. You had a phone call with Vladimir Putin on July 23rd. Did you bring up this issue? No, that was a phone call to discuss other things. And you've never discussed it with him? I have never discussed it with him. Reg I would. I'd have no problem with it. But you don't believe but, you know, the intelligence. It it's because you don't believe the intelligence. That's why. Uh, it never reached my okay. desk. You know why? Because they didn't think it was intelligence. They didn't think it was real. It was they in your written think, brief, though, apparently. They didn't think it was worthy of it. I wouldn't mind. If it reached my desk, I would have done something about it. It never reached my desk because... Do you read your written brief? I do. do I read you? a lot. Really? You know, I read a lot. They like to say I don't read. I read a lot. Uh, your read, your I, daily intelligence I comprehend brief. extraordinarily well. Uh, probably better than anybody that you've interviewed in a long time. There we go. Right back to I'm the best at everything. Uh, and if you notice, he's grabbed onto that phrase that I'm sure his people gave him. It never reached my desk. If you listen to that, he says it half a dozen times in that short clip. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and it has been widely reported that it was in his daily briefing. So, in other words, now we're we're promoting blissful ignorance on uh, the old the old Trumpster there. Oh, it didn't reach my desk. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously, you're not living with your head in the sand. You tweet, uh, you know, you you tweet a hundred times a day. You're quickly closing in on my record. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and that's got to stop. If for no other reason, we need to stop him. Yeah, if he's reaching, he's reaching into my levels of uh, Twitter. Uh, uh, but so wait a minute. So now you're the president of the United States. See, and you've heard somewhere. You've heard somewhere. Somewhere in there. I don't care. I don't care if you heard it on a on a Donald Duck cartoon. Uh, you heard it somewhere. Uh, we don't care that, if you heard it on the taxi stand hour for God's sake. Well, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> you heard it somewhere that. There is a chance that the Ruskies are paying the Taliban fighters to go and kill American personnel mm -hmm. in that region. You heard about that. Wouldn't that pique Pe your curiosity yeah. just a wee bit? Well, don't you don't you think, hey, wait a minute, maybe I should look into this. Is this you know, it could be it could be the fakest of fake news, but it's kind of a let me maybe just take a look into this and say, hey, 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 have you heard anything about this? This this, this imbecile has got to go. That's all there is to it. And I could think of I could think of a hundred good reasons, but there that might just be number one. There's more. Seriously, that might just be number one. There's more. Oh, oh, lay it on me, brother. I'm ready. <laughs> you might want to take your heart pills for the next couple. <laughs> Said I had a heart. I did more for the black community than anybody with the possible exception of Abraham Lincoln, whether you like it or not, people say, "Oh, that's you really you, you believe you did more than Lyndon Johnson, who passed the Civil I Rights Act." I think I Act. did, yeah. How? Because I How got criminal justice reform done. I got prison reform. Lyndon Johnson. I've done things. I've done well. He passed the ask, Civil Rights ask, Act. How has it worked out? If you take a look at what Lyndon Johnson did, you think the Civil Rights How Act was a mistake? How has it worked out? Because frankly, it it took a long time. 
But for African-Americans, under my administration, Jonathan, <laughs> under my administration, African-Americans were doing better than they had ever done in the history of this country. Oh, <laughs> I love my blacks. Isn't that right? He wouldn't have, he wouldn't have done diddly squanto. He wouldn't have even mentioned civil rights if it wasn't for the fact that Kim Kardashian shook his shook her ass in front of his face a little bit. Well, he's done so much for the African-American community that, look, for the past couple of months, they've been out in the streets yelling his name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but what's that What's that uh, adjective that they're using uh, before his name? Uh, uh, what is well, it? Uh, I, I, I don't hear so well, so I didn't hear that. Uh, yeah, what is it? Begins with an F and... and uh, uh, Ends with a K? Fire truck. <laughs> you didn't see that one coming, did you? They're very good. I'm thank impressed. You. Here, let's give you the clap for that. Well, thank you. Well, thank you very much. Uh, yes, we do uh, We do pat ourselves on the back here. Here on the Taxi Stand Hour. Because he didn't have the apparatus to pat himself on the back. Yep, there you go. In this studio, we give ourselves a scratch on the back. Yeah, well. So a couple more here, just to uh, if your if your morning Danish hasn't started backing up on you yet, this one just may do it. How do you think history will remember John Lewis? I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know John Lewis. Uh, he chose not to come to my uh, uh, inauguration. Uh, he chose. Uh, I, I don't. Uh, I never met John Lewis. Actually, I don't believe. Do you find him impressive? Uh... Here's what he remembers about John Lewis. He didn't come to my inauguration. He can't separate himself from the petty child that he is. Even if you don't like somebody, you can still muster up a, well, the man worked long and hard, and for many years he sacrificed the, you know, uh, his time, his body, and et cetera, et cetera. You, can, you should be able to muster up something. He didn't come to my party. Petty. And by the way, at the end there, that was not us cutting it off. That's where it ended. Oh, really? That's where he had nothing to say. He just had nothing to say after that. And of course, everybody... He's done more for the black community than... Uh... Right, but no idea who John Lewis... Well, I didn't say he didn't know who he was. He just didn't know him. And he didn't Pretty much him. just dismissed it. Just, yeah. just another... Just another black dude who happened to be in Congress. And, of course, everybody's favorite these days, Ghislaine Maxwell. Gasoline! By the way, I had to spell this phonetically so I pronounce it correctly. (laughs) (laughs) Here he is on Ghislaine Maxwell. All over the country. Mr. President, the other day a reporter asked you about Ghislaine Maxwell. You said, quote, I just wish her well, frankly. I've met her numerous times over the years, especially since I lived in Palm Beach, but I wish her well, whatever it is. Mr. President, Ghislaine Maxwell has been arrested on allegations of child sex trafficking. Why would you wish such a well, person well? Well, I don't know that, but I do know that... She has. She's been arrested for that. Her you know that. friend or boyfriend... Epstein. ...was either killed or committed suicide in jail. She's now in jail. Uh-huh. Yeah, I wish her well. I'd wish you well. I'd wish a lot of people well. Good luck. Let them prove somebody was guilty. I mean, you, do you know that Oh, she's so you're guilty? saying you hope she doesn't die in jail. Is that what you mean by wish her well? Her boyfriend died in jail, and people are still trying to figure out how did it happen? Was it suicide? Was he killed? 
And I do wish her well. I'm not looking for anything bad for her. I'm not looking bad for anybody. And they took that and I mean, they she's made a child, alleged child, such a child. big deal. But all it is is her boyfriend died. He died in jail. Was he killed? Was it suicide? I do. I wish her well. Um, let's move. Because she's got the goods on him. That's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, he's going to keep his mouth shut as much as he possibly can. Well, this is in the same vein as uh, Vladimir Putin and Stormy Daniels. Two other people he never said, he is, to this day, has never said a bad thing about. Mm-hmm. Putin, he should be all over the place. You know, he should have been pounding down on him, but uh, that's neither here nor there. So that's some of the highlights from the Axios interview with uh, El Presidente Donald Trump. Uh, and again, it's good to see a reporter pushing back, following up on questions, holding them accountable. I don't think you'll see Trump do, do another interview outside of the, the friendly places, your OANs, your Fox News. Oh, I, I, think, you're, I think you're absolutely right on I, that one. I, I, uh, Listen, all... I, I want you to know something here, and I mean this uh, all kidding aside. I would throw myself on the sword. Um, I don't care if I spent the rest of my life in jail. If I had the opportunity to... Uh, snap the neck of a convicted um, somebody that was connect or convicted of um, child molestation, child molestation, facilitating child molestation. I I am sorry. Put me in the same. Give me five minutes in the same room. I don't care, male, female, or canine. <laughs> Put me in the same room with that wow. person. Give me five minutes. Hopefully it won't take that long. I'll come back with my arms out. Put me in the cuffs. I'll gladly. People who abuse kids, I don't care how liberal your mindset may be. People who abuse children in that way should be there's the, the once you're convicted, I do believe in I do believe in due process. Once you're convicted beyond a shadow of a doubt. Boom, forget it. None of this, uh, you'll sit on death row for X amount of time. We'll just take you right from the courtroom right to the gallows. Well, rumor has it that... No mas. Rumor has it that in prisons, child molesters are are looked down upon, and that's that's saying... Well, yeah, you do get prison uh, justice there. I've I've heard of that, but uh, even that takes too long. Well, I've always held, too, that uh, perhaps it is time in certain circumstances to go back to eye for an eye. In other words, uh, okay, you you killed my family at a blind rage, blah, blah, blah. Me, myself, and every member of my family and any member of the public that chooses to, every day, 12 o'clock noon, uh, somebody gets to show up and punch, slap, kick, or otherwise... One shot at you every day. doesn't have to be a beating. But do that for 20, 30 years. So you have to suffer every day. Every day there's new pain for you. Whether it's a busted toe, a busted nose, a cut lip, you know, 
You can't kill him. Well, you, can't, you can't kill the person, but you can uh, you can bust the bone. You can and let them suffer. I'd go in and give them a paper cut every day. Every you know, day. There's only one problem with that. I don't want to see a dime of taxpayer money going to keep that bastard alive. Did I say anything about that? Well, oh come on, we're such a we're a humane society, so we couldn't just. You couldn't get them with a paper cut and watch them bleed out. They'd have to get some medical treatment. If we were at war, if we're at the point where I'm going in every day and giving them a paper cut, believe you me, we don't have to do nothing anymore. Uh, oh but God. be that as it may, be that as it may. So oh, we had a we got through a lot today. Uh, again, if you're out there, you're listening, you're watching. 754-800-CHAT, 754-800-2428. The phone line is open. Absolutely. And, and if you're at a payphone, please call collect. Mm-hmm. Do we have anything else there in that handy file, or did you blow your load there with, uh, <laughs> with axioms? Actually, oh, actually, yes, I have... Two more things to pl- uh, that we need to listen to. First off, we almost forgot our uh, opposition opponent, uh, opposition correspondent. Yeah, I've been kind of missing him. Yeah, What's yeah, up he's, with that? he's been off. He's been uh, he's been doing double time at uh, working overtime at the Walmart and the CVS. So, so uh, here we go. Here's Brent talking about uh, face coverings. So I just seen on Fox News that all you sheep, you masketeers, generation butthurt are still going on and on about masks. When are you going to learn? It's not about safety. It's about compliance. And to prove that, I wore a pair of my wife's panties on my face. After a few tries, I found a clean pair, and I went down to Walmart. Not one person said a word to me. Not one. It's like everybody in there knew trying to reason with a guy with a pair of crotchless panties on his face was a lost cause. Not one person said a word to me, especially that employee at the front door checking masks. It's like making seven twenty-five an hour and having to deal with like 50 of me a day is exhausting. Well, I sure showed his minimum wage ass. Not about safety. It's about compliance. It just so happens that compliance in this instance would help save lives, but I can't wear a mask. I was diagnosed with being selfish, and I won't live in fear. If it's my time to go, then it's my time to go. That's what I said to my wife this morning while I was taking my meds. It's not about safety. It's about compliance. It's the same kind of compliance that I tell somebody getting beat by the cops to have, but that doesn't apply to mask it's called a double standard and i will not comply you can't tell by my words and actions but i'm a christian and the only person that's going to tell me what to do is jesus so go ahead and try to control me tell me to wear a mask because i'll kick your ass in the name of christ so today i'm going to raise my emotional support beard to the flu world order To all you great value looking banes because of how stupid you look and how easily you're led astray. Now get off my property. (laughs) That's Brent, our opposition correspondent. Uh, Well, I always take 
I, I got an email from Brent yesterday. And, Thank uh, you. Yeah, he, he's wondering when the paychecks are going to start coming here. Uh, soon. Tired of working. He's tired of, of uh, working for nothing. I, hey, hey, I said, hey, listen, when you see, when I see mine, you'll see yours three years later. That's, that's basically it. No, good, good job. <laughs> you did well. Uh, here's oh, our get off my property. Get off my property. That's right. My emotional support diet Mountain Dew. We have a new our newest member to the stable of correspondence, Chip Franklin. Take a listen. Any minority group, if they get a scholarship, straight white men feel like something is being taken away from them. There are a lot of people who say that white privilege doesn't exist, but for the record, they're all white. What is white privilege? It's white people listening to me right now and saying, nobody helped me, I did it all on my own. I feel you, man, but you didn't. White people have options, better education, more opportunities, driving while white, waving to cops. Hello, officer. This is hard to hear, I know, it's some humbling shit. White privilege starts when you're young with all that pull yourself up by the bootstraps Horatio or Alger bullshit, but that shit ain't the truth. White privilege is access to the basics like grocery stores, crime-free neighborhoods, clean water, and not serving five years for smoking a joint. White people don't see white privilege because they've been trained to see everything as white. Like Jesus, if he was Middle Eastern, why does he look like Billy Ray Cyrus? In fact, by definition, the color white is actually void of all colors. It's just that white people took that shit to heart. You are fake news. Go fuck yourself. Yes! Chip Franklin, ladies and gentlemen. I've been, I've been saying something similar. You know, we've had our run, white men. We had a good couple of millennia there, but... Uh... Yeah, I, 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 take that, I take that too seriously when you say that, and I really shouldn't, but... Uh... I, when you say we've had a good run, I think to be honest with you, I think it's 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 uh, far than uh, far away from good. We've had a That's long run. We've had a long. There you whoa, go. We've had a good had a run. long run. Yeah, we've we've been at the top of the cultural food chain for for my goodness, millennia. Stomping on the neck, pressing down on the neck of many a people in the process. It's what we doing. Anybody that gets in our way. Any one of you lily-livered, bow-legged varmints care to slap leather with me? In case any of you get any ideas, you better know who you're dealing with. I'm the hootinest, tootinest, shootinest, bobtail wildcat in the West. I'm the fastest gun north, south, east, and west. The amazing Mel Blanc, by the way. And we all know that is just a child's uh, parody Sam. here. Yeah, we all we all know. Hey, you know that's cute. That's funny. It's what, but not not that far removed from reality in some corners of this country. No, no, that's look. A lot of the characters you see in cartoons they're based on reality. These Yosemite Sam cartoon Yosemite Sam and Elmer Fudd no longer carry guns in anything new that Warner Brothers is producing. You know, it's funny, though. I, I wish that... I honestly wish they'd have let them keep their guns, to be to be brutally honest with you. Because now I have lost, when I want to make reference to one of these similar people, hey, kid, pry that gun out of my hands with my cold, dead... whatever, from my cold, dead fingers, or whatever the hell he says. Cold, dead hands. Uh... 
I automatically, I automatically think of Yosemite, Yosemite Sam and Elmer Fudd. Remember, those words were also were stated by the same man who said, you damn dirty apes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, NRA actually uh, posted a tweet. Oh, um, we didn't talk about the NRA. Oh, well, we got time. We can, yeah. we can do so. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I just referenced this tweet real quick they put up there from our cold, dead hands. Sure. And uh, I forget, I replied something. Happy to oblige. Happy to oblige. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It was similar to that. Yeah, yeah. But yes, the the NRA, I'm sorry. The New York Attorney General has filed charges against Wayne LaPierre and three of his cronies uh, were basically stealing money from the NRA. Now, before anybody gets into a... And yes, I'm enjoying a donut again. Anybody oh, I into, said, by the way, my pleasure. Oh, yeah. Before anybody gets into an uproar, this has zero to do with the Second Amendment. Zero. It's about stealing money. Mm-hmm. Now, NRA will go away, hopefully... And again, when it first started, it, it was uh, it was a good thing. It was a gun club. It was you know promoted safety, et cetera, et cetera. Now, you got these people running around screaming, you know, from my cold dead hands. You know, there's uh, the NRA doesn't seem to want to do anything about school shootings. And let's keep in mind the only reason we haven't had any school shootings is because we haven't had any school. Okay, that's going to come back, you know, with a vengeance as well. So Wayne LaPierre and his boys have been out there spending money like it's theirs, playing the grift game, and and they got caught. Money that was supposed to be going to charity. Gee, where have we seen that before? By the way, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kids and kittens, in case you've forgotten, your president is not allowed to be involved with any kind of charitable organization anymore. Or run one. Why? Because him and his kids got caught stealing from their charity, their support, purported charity. But yeah, so now there's a big target on the NRA. Ain't that a fun pun? Uh, oh, it, isn't that just too bad? Now, we were wondering what, because uh, you mentioned that the, just uh, was it the district attorney? Attorney General. State Attorney General, oh, New York's Attorney General, that's what it was. Yes, sir. Uh, had a big announcement uh, coming that, up. We were wondering, wondering if it wasn't Trump-related. Well, right. Well, that was, uh, we, we mentioned it, it happened Thursday morning. We, we, we were speculating about it a little bit Wednesday night. On Thursday, we really didn't get, we didn't touch base on it at all. And I, I don't know how it's, it almost slipped by again, but... Uh, Look, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Me, personally, not a gun person. I've told the story about the one time that I've I, I, I've fired weapons. I was very good at it. I never want to do it again. Uh, people that hunt, people that, uh, you know, target shooting and all that, I even, even sidearms for personal protection. I'm not comfortable with it, but I can abide by it. 
it's it's the uh, it's the assault weapons. It's the anything that fires more than one bullet at a time is not needed. This is how we have these massive, massive tragedies happen. Uh, you want to carry a sidearm, you know, carries whatever it's seven, eight, nine bullets. Again, not comfortable with it, not happy about it, but as long as it's licensed, you've been background check. I can, if that's the law, that's the law. I can live with it. But uh, and the NRA these days, they're 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 just the show for gun manufacturers. They don't appear to be doing anything to help quell uh, help quell the, the this spell of of people dying. And you know, what do you hear from them after one of these in- incidences? Thoughts and prayers. Huh? We, we have a long-standing policy now on this show. We don't want to hear your thoughts and prayers. You know, funny, because people, when they, uh, when they want to talk, when, when you're talking about, uh, about uh, massacres with guns and, and the like, and they, they bring out, well, what about cars? You don't ban cars. People get killed in cars all the time. Well... Let me put it to you this way. You, the average person, spends a lot more time protecting their car from being stolen or being vandalized or whatever. They spend a lot more time and effort protecting their car than they do, but yet they'll keep their gun out on the damn table or keep it someplace where it can easily be found in case your uh, your home is uh, broken into and you're gone and that... Uh, how do you think how do you think these guns end up in the in the wrong hands to begin with not these these folks that are that are possessing these guns illegally they're not going down to they're not going down to Walmart there's a let me see that section up there with all those illegal guns let me see them that's the ones I want that's well, not where they're getting their guns well you want to back up too and look at with the well cars kill people argument Okay, what's the primary purpose of a car? Transportation. Are they dangerous? Absolutely, they can be. Everything. I got a can opener that's uh, been trying to kill me for years now. Uh, but should what is? Probably it? replace it. I should probably get a bodyguard. It's a mean, mean can opener. Does it make that that psycho sound when it's going? That's a manual. Or does it do it even because it's a manual? Does it yes. still make that yes. noise? And that's what scares me. That's what scares me. But what what is a gun's primary purpose? To kill and maim. That's what it's designed for, to kill and maim. So the the the, the gun versus car argument has uh, has very little merit. You're not driving a car simply to hurt or kill something you can hurt or kill something but again i could do it with the with the cord that goes to my headset i can hurt and kill something i can hurt and kill with a lot of things usually it's my words but which i feel are much more devastating than well anything except that can opener and i hope it doesn't hear me That's not funny, man. That's not cool. <laughs> That's not cool. I got an issue here. I got a situation. 
and you're not making it any better. <laughs> you think that's my whole purpose in life is to make your life better? Oh, I'm convinced of that. There's no question about it. I could put on, hey, I have been put on this earth, got my marching orders from one Karen Van Ness, and uh, I can't pronounce the last name. Steigert. Steigert it is, okay. Uh, sorry, Karen, I just, I've, I haven't sat and practiced how to spell your married name. That's okay. I have gotten there. Some of us have been around that name for 50 plus years, so we, <laughs> we, we get it. But... Uh, is, I got my marching orders from her as, mm-hmm. as to how I'm supposed to treat you. Oh, by the way, if you want a mouthful, it's my sister, my, my other sister's married name. Now that's a mouthful. Colomesto. I hadn't sat to consider that one, but yeah, okay. Colomesto. Oh, sounds like a great pasta dish. It really does. It really does. <laughs> it really does. I'll, I'll I'll have a little. Sorry, linguine. Patty. I'll have a little linguine, and can I get just a touch of the colomesto sauce on that, please? <laughs> well, I think we've we've definitely slid into silly time here. Uh, well, hey, we had to eventually. You know, I've been thinking. As much as it hurt, I've been thinking. So we're. I'm, I'm thinking of. Stop that. That's mean and cruel, man. That's mean and cruel. I got I got nail clippers that I'm keeping an eye on because I think they got a I think they got a thing going with the can opener. E. Huh? I said it could be. Could be. So anyway, I've been thinking about uh John and Ed versus the spread, which, you know, we're we're coming up on here, hopefully. Uh so I'm thinking of Adding a twist to it this year. Add a little bit more randomness to it. A little bit more of a challenge, if you will. Now, let me run this by you. And I haven't settled on anything yet. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that there's, there, there's a particular form of football betting called King of the Hill. Group of people are all get together. Every week you pick a team. If that team loses, you can't you can't use that team ever again. As the season the goes team on, does if the team loses or can you or once you use it you can't use it again. No, no, no. What if it lose if you lose with it? Oh, okay. Or maybe it is. Uh, I guess there are some versions where if you use it once you use it you can't use it again. But I'm thinking something along those lines. I I haven't quite worked it out yet, but just to. Uh, you know, Here's it, the story. Ed's, Ed has, since we've started this whole thing, Ed has set the rules. I have had no input whatsoever in the rules of this little foray that we do uh, every football season. And uh, last year, he got his uh, This doesn't get out very often there for people forgot. I took Ed's rules, every one of them, didn't make any changes, didn't say, I don't want to do it this way, I don't want none of that. And I handed him his ass. It was by one game. I handed him his ass. And you cheated. 
Boy, doesn't that sound an awful lot like uh, some uh, somebody we know that has orange skin and... Uh... <laughs> I don't know. Check the manual. It's in the manuals. It's in the books. <laughs> here, here, here. Where's the paper? Where's the papers? Here's the papers. Here's the papers right yeah. here. Look, I got a chart that says... Says we're the best. By the way, I'll double down on that whole thing that with uh, as far as uh, us talking about baseball and how baseball won't survive. I guarantee, guarantee you that if baseball winds up going, uh, winds up going belly up, NFL is right behind it. They're already canceling. They're already canceling and and uh, doing different things with college football. Right. Uh, a lot of players, uh, 69 players the other day, opted out of the season. And I can understand that. Look, you've you, you got you got to figure out what's what's best for you. Uh, I, I've got no qualms with that. Uh, this is not normal times. Getting back to baseball, of course, for those of you just tuning in, uh, John and I have a little wager on. Uh, if baseball crowns a champion this year, John wins, which means I have to buy him a hat, a, a taxi stand hour cap, and we'll also provide one for a listener, for a random lucky listener. Now, if baseball doesn't, does not crown a champion this year, that means John has to buy a, me a hat, and for one, for 10 lucky listeners. Oh, yeah, for 10 lucky listeners. <laughs> Ah, nice try. Nice try. <laughs> anyway, anyway, no matter what, one lucky listener is getting a, getting a, a taxi stand hour ball cap, and uh, we'll we'll be settling down. Although we really should should nail this down because baseball could fold up any day now. <laughs> it could just be any day. Oh, by by the way, what he didn't, what Ed did not tell you in this rule, by the way, is that as all it has to happen is is that baseball crowns. A champion. champion. That's right. Doesn't matter if it, it, they could, they could uh, next week. They just say, could uh, just, just they say could the fold. Right. They just could fold, but they're saying that the Minnesota Twins had right. the best one loss record, and thus they are the champions of baseball in two in twenty twenty. That is correct. That is correct. Ooh, that went easier than I thought. It would. Because I don't think they'll do that. I don't believe they would do that. I believe because I just don't believe they would do it. Here's here's the deal, Ed. They started. I understand they started. They started. So it's kind of like it's even kind of like the other sports uh, that that are playing now, hockey and basketball. Come hook or crook, we're going to find a way to crown a champion. And I think baseball. Hey, now once you've started, once you've started in this, you need you cannot just say blow it off and say, forget the records, forget everything that's happened in 2020. But you've, um, you've got the problem in baseball of travel, traveling two, three times a week. Football's going to have to deal with it. Although, again, for the most part, football, they're in town Saturday. They come in town Saturday. They're right out after the game. That's standard. That's not even, uh, uh, you know. 
that's not even taking all this into account. That's what they do anyway, unless it's unless you're traveling to the coast, which, by the way, I think they should have eliminated all transcontinental travel this year. Uh, the dolphins. You should think not- they should have eliminated the coast? Is that what you said? The West you think coast. they should have eliminated the West Coast? Sure, why not? Ooh, cards and letters to Mr. Ed Vanex, who happens to live on the East Coast. Ah, East Coast is fine. Take that, too. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> no, what, what they should, you know, look, a team like Kansas, like the Kansas City Chefs, great googly moogly, still the best commercial ever. Uh, look, they're literally in the geographic center of the country. You know, so traveling for them is not a big thing. But when you've got the Dolphins having to go to, uh, and I think they're going to Seattle this year, which is about as far as you can travel in the U.S., and I've done that flight, Fort Lauderdale to Seattle, uh, you don't travel any further uh, unless you're going San Diego to Portland, Maine. Uh, But... So now, although then again, once you're on the plane, you're on the plane. And I'm sure it'll be charter flights. And look, I'm not saying football's not going to run into their problems. They surely are. There's no question about it. They they most certainly will. Uh, But again, uh, baseball compared to hockey and basketball right now, it's the travel thing. It's to me, it's the, you know, look, the other two sports have themselves encased, if you will. There's no significant travel. Et cetera, et cetera. Everybody's in the same city. Everybody's in the same place. In the case of hockey, they've got the two. You've got Toronto and Edmonton, but it's the same basic uh, uh, situation. Playing hockey in the bubble, boy! I tell you, who thought of that? Uh, who thought of that uh, arcade game many years ago? Really it was, was on to something. It was wonderful. Playing hockey in August, eh? <laughs> Man, I can remember as a kid. I thought it was against the law to play hockey in August. You know, you couldn't play hockey till we went back to school. That's that's in my little, my little twisted pea brain. You know. Well, you have to think about it. They're actually finishing the season. I understand Both that, but basketball and hockey is finishing their season. They, it isn't like they're starting it up. In, right. No. Oh no. I get that, but uh, it's still odd to see hockey in August. I still, I still have trouble with some some years. It it, it ekes into July. Yeah, you know, uh, I still June. I have trouble with hockey. Well, hockey. that's just because Jesus. I mean, everybody. It's it's kind of like the, you know, you get a car, you get a you get car, a car, you yeah. get a car, <laughs> you get a playoff spot, you get a playoff spot. Right, right. Well, when there were only twenty one teams in the NHL, there was for a long time, of the twenty one teams, sixteen teams made it to the postseason. Which was like, okay, you only had to not be, you only had to be better than five teams. That was it. Had to suck not quite so hard, just right. mildly suck. Right, right. You could suck, just not a, a you know, a gaping, sucking wound. And, uh, you know, the NHL's always had issues with. The one, the one that I'm wondering about is why did baseball ban their playoffs? Now you're going to be having baseball playoffs. Going, you know, going into damn near February here. I mean, what here's the- here's why. Here's why. A, it gives more more teams a chance to make the postseason. More fans stay interested. More more revenue dollars. It's more TV dollars. Look, I was a Marlins fan 
right from the literally day one. We won the World Series twice. Never won a division. Both times came in as a wild card. Both times. So without that, Marlins don't win a World Series. Uh, baseball I'm was... I'm okay with that. Eh, I would have been okay too. Uh, baseball was the last to bring in the whole wild card thing. and eh, I'm not saying it's necessarily a good or a bad thing, but uh, remember, this is a sport that traditionally both leagues played their season. Whoever finished first, that's it. You're done. Yeah. See ya. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, I, you know, I. Well, I don't remember. I wasn't alive when they only did that. That was up till nineteen sixty-eight. Eight. Yeah, sixty-nine was the year they started with the divisions because that was the big expansion year. We had the four expansion teams. Sandy, oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So you, maybe Sandy, I'm... San Diego, Montreal, uh, the Seattle Pilots, and. Um, And it just sucked out of my head. Kansas City Royals. And the only reason the Kansas City Royals were even part of that equation was because how they got jobbed by uh, Charlie O'Finley. Yep, yep, yep. Well, the Seattle the Seattle Mariners only exist because the Seattle Pilots screwed. The city of Seattle is the only only city in Major League Baseball to get not one but two expansion teams. And, and I don't care who you are. I hate the name of the new NHL team. I'm glad they have hockey, but I think the, I think the Kraken is just... Nope. Let's get cracking. Let's get cracking. <sighs> we're all going to the game. Yay, we're crackheads. Come on, man. It's too easy. It's too easy. Uh-huh. I, I have a feeling that I'm going to give that name about 10 years and somebody's going to say, nah, you know, we pretty should have thought about this a little bit. Somebody, somebody thought this was a good, somebody with authority thought this was a good idea. I feel sorry for Seattle, though, if you think about it, because, you know, not only did they lose a baseball team, they lost a basketball team. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. And, and a pretty good one, Trish. Actually, a pretty good uh, basketball team traditionally. Well, that was another one of these, you know, we need an arena. We don't want to pay for it. Deals. And so Joe, where, do they go? where do they go? Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. <laughs> Oklahoma City improving itself. By the way, just before we go, I'm going to say, Joe Robbie, owner of the Dolphins, built his own damn stadium. He didn't go crying. Oh, I need a place to play. He needed a place to play. He built the son of a bitch, and it should still bear his name. Yeah, I, I, uh, I would tend to agree with you on that. I guess it's that time, man. Because two hours just flew by, even though I'm drawing through half of it. <laughs> Thank you for joining us here. Uh, for your drive, uh, joining us live or on Memorex, we appreciate it. So, for my great friend Ed Van Ness. From the Egan uh, Northern Command Studio in Egan, Minnesota, I'm John Shannon, and I got the money. See ya!